0: This is Clayton House Entertainment X. Well, here we are, 2021. I am so happy to see each and every one of you on the other side of what was an incredibly crazy last year. I hope each and every one of you are starting off the new year to a fantastic start. And I wanted to add some value to to your thoughts and ideas as you go into 2021. This episode originally aired two years ago on New Year's Eve of 2018, and I think it's very fitting and can still be helpful with some wonderful information for each and every one of you as we enter a new chapter. So, I hope you enjoy this episode. Happy, Happy New Year, and keep on keeping on. (coughs) Now, this is a theme that I touch on a whole lot in many of these shorter episodes, and I even bring them up in the larger ones with the guests I'm talking to, which is gratitude. Everything that I start with and do begins with gratitude. And I have this saying in the morning, once I'm creating this gratitude and thinking of the things that I am grateful for, it much more easily helps me achieve my goals because I'm not operating from a place of scarcity and from a place of holy shit I need to get this done otherwise I'm going to fail at life which can sometimes be helpful if you're on a deadline but for most people not so much. It really helps more if you're coming from a place of oh my goodness look at all of these things I'm so grateful for, how much I have in my life, how great all of this is, let's just make it better and at the same time help other people. And as a result, reaching those goals will come through a lot uh, more easy easier. So in the morning, I, along with having those thoughts of gratitude, and you can go back and listen to my previous 20-minute episodes, and I do a lot of talk on gratitude, which is, and the saying is, I have a power within me that is superior to any condition or circumstance I may encounter in route to my goal. And I'll say it one more time. I have a power within me that is superior to any condition or circumstance I may encounter en route to my goal." And I got that from a book, Get What You Deserve by Jay Levinson and Seth Godin, a wonderful, wonderful book, which I think is out of print now. I'm not quite sure. I have to check on that. And that alone, for me, can prime the pump in the morning and get me moving and get me through the day. And if I'm having any trouble, I repeat myself, you know, back to that mantra. And that keeps me, keeps me headed forward. Also, another one that I've been using a lot is particularly in the gym, is love the pain. Because, and this is from a Tim Ferriss book, when you're, it's actually at the end of Tribe of Mentors, he's talking about um, a runner. And when a runner's foot begins to hurt, that that's the circumstance. The foot is hurting, but now it'll be up to the runner to decide whether or not they stop or they continue. And I'm paraphrasing the whole thing, but it, it struck a chord in me within, within the idea of, Oh, just because I'm feeling some resistance, pain, or stretch because I'm growing, you know, physically or emotionally or whatever, that's now up to me my mind to decide whether or not I quit or I push through it and love the pain. So I encourage you to love the pain. Now with setting these goals, I have massive ones, ones that people will say, mm, okay, yeah, sure, good <laughs> good luck. But... And, and, and i say that to myself because they are so big but what i do is i take that goal I write it down on a piece of paper that's at the top of the page and under it I write down all of the steps that i think will get me to it now these can be different um, courses of action you know different plans or just individual things that could get me there and these are uh could be considered like oh real like very obtainable and then ones that are like, not obtainable, and I'm completely making this up, this is not something that I'm looking to do, but hypothetically speaking, I was looking to lead a country, and I was like, how do I lead a country? Well, there could be many steps. I should, I don't know, some of them are lawyers first, some of them have been senators, maybe I should get to know some of them, so I should contact someone, reach out to them who's way above, maybe I should contact the current leader of whatever country I want to lead and see if I can talk to that person. Now that's kind of like out in left field. And I don't know that many leaders have done that. Maybe some have, but it's the idea of, okay, let me take the real ones and the not real ones and put them all together. They're all real to me. They're all real to you. And you write them down and you see which ones you can do today. And then today, based on those responses, what can you do tomorrow? Because a lot of these goals you'll set, rely on other humans so people are your biggest resource and when you're setting these particular goals sometimes in order for you to get to the next step you need a response from another human and if you're nobody and nobody's responding to you then you might just be stuck in the water treading water saying well okay no one responded to me I did all I could do moving on not true that's not true There is always something else to do. There's another human to contact or there's another way to do it more independently, more on your own. For instance, say you want to have like a TV show and you want to have it on a major network and you're not getting answers from people on the major network. Well, there's more than one major network that has the same programming because that's competition. Competition's healthy and necessary in the television world, in many worlds. (laughs) And if those people aren't answering, you can always go make it yourself, put it somewhere, you know, get traction and then get it up to a network. Because once something you have is interesting, a lot of people cling on to it. That's just like the nature of things. And so there's so there's always there's always a way to k- kind of get where you want to go. So with the goals, I'll write them down. You know, the big ones, the small ones, good, bad, otherwise. And I'll just start chipping away at them. I also set time deadlines on things that I know I can complete at a certain time. You know, like for instance, these podcasts, they don't rely on anyone else. Yes, naturally, I need other people that I need to interview in order to get them out. But the reality is I have... I always have like a month in advance and if one doesn't come out, that's on me. That's not on, you know, any of the guests because this is my, you know, my project. This is all me. And those kind of deadlines I can set, okay, this is the time. This is what I'm going to do. Da, 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 da. I also consider mantras to be an incredible, incredibly powerful incredibly empowerful, powerful um, way to accomplish what you want. And it's the idea of like saying, I... Clayton Howe will be on the radio by 2000 and January January 5th of 2020. And I'll say that I, Clayton Howe, will be on the radio by January 5th, 2020. And I'll say that like, you know, 15 times in a row uh, before bed, during the day, even when you're working out. But it's the idea of instilling that idea of this will happen. It's that thing I talked about in a previous episode called reticular activation. It's a part of the brain that focuses on your name because your name is important. So in a crowd, you're blah, 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 and then someone says Clay, and it's like, oh, and I hear the name Clay. I'm focusing on clay because that word is important to me. That's my name. And you can do that with the activities and the actions and the achievements that you want to have in this world because what happens is you'll start to focus on things you didn't even know were right in front of you or passing you out daily in the street. You hear someone in the elevator say something, you'll turn around and you start talking to that person, which brings me to the next part, putting yourself out there. You must, you must, you must, if you want to grow (laughs) in life. Put yourself out there, talk to people you wouldn't normally talk to, engage in conversations in places you wouldn't normally engage in conversations because those interactions can inevitably take you to where you want to go. And there's another thing I'm reading in a book uh, this past week. It's kind of like, it's funny how these things come to you at certain points of your life is this book is talking about the strength of weak ties. It's called The Defining Decade. Um, Hold one second the defining decade written by Meg J why your 20s matter and how to make the most of them now and i thought this was a really interesting book because some of these uh, ideas in here i've on my own kind of come to and then there's some in here that she puts down that i'm like oh i haven't even thought of it that way so it's a really i think it's a really interesting book for anyone I mean, really anyone at any age, it really applies to anything, but it's really particularly geared towards millennials and your 20s uh, now. (laughs) So she talks about the strength of weak ties. Weak ties, meaning that person you don't hang out with every weekend, you guys don't have your wine parties, your cheese and wine parties, but you know each other. You know, you can you can email them or maybe call them if you need to, and it's those people who will eventually inevitably inevitably bring you to a new level. So, for instance, I had a friend uh, with the show I was working on. I had a friend that I spoke to, good friend that I spoke to regularly, but I didn't even realize to think you know oh her father works on shows, so I asked her to talk to her father, and then her father has a friend who produces and directs shows. And then her father put me in touch with this guy. And then this guy contacts me. And then we start to have this incredible conversation where I'm getting like more than the information I ever thought I could get from someone in this topic of creating shows. Just in an hour conversation, I I know my friend very well. I've met her father maybe once for a very short period of time. And the guy that I talked this other guy that I met through her father, I've never met in my entire life. Except, I mean, now we've talked on the phone a few times and we've spoken for an hour. But, you know, him and I, I don't I don't call him when I'm, you know, sad about something and you know we don't we don't have beer together often or whatever. <laughs> but that it's that would be considered a weak tie, but there's strength in those weak ties because those are the people that are inevitably gonna help you move forward. So I encourage you to make them. Uh, make many of them and follow up with them. And I'm not saying that you need to like hang out and have time to hang out with everyone in your entire life. But what I'm saying is you need to foster the weak ties, meaning know when the person's birthday is and reach out to them on their birthday. Maybe know whether or not they're Jewish or Catholic or otherwise, and whether they celebrate Hanukkah or Christmas or, you know, whatever, wish them a happy new year and never, ever, ever, never, ever, never, ever write generic blanket emails and send them to people, you know in a second if something's a blanket email most of our all of our inbox spam is blanket emails from companies like you can see right through it when it's a blanket email so i encourage you if you're going to write something personalized don't don't generalize it make it you know Make it personal for each person. So the strength of weak ties. I think it's absolutely incredible. The conversations that I've had you know, in a holding room or in an elevator have led me down some very interesting paths that I may not have otherwise explored. So I really encourage you to always, always, always put yourself out there. And this is the next part. It's that lovely, lovely word people hate to use, (laughs) networking. It's not networking. It's making friends. Make more friends. If you can meet five people a day, five new people a day, your wealth of contacts of the people you know, the humans you interact with will grow so much and people are your best resource and that is literally going to help you towards your goal much more quickly than staying in your room and saying, oh, this is what I'm going to do but I'm, I'm just going to I'm going to stay right here. I'm going I'm to do it myself. You need help from other people. And again, going back to what I said earlier, if or when those people do not come through, always know there's another person, another opportunity, another avenue, and that can also be simply doing it your, yourself. So they talk about that uh, in the book. That was one of the that's one of the beginning topics of it. It's really it's a really great book, and uh, identity capital. And my favorite my favorite idea on this identity capital is that you can take jobs that are not exactly one hundred percent your field, but will uh teach you something about yourself, teach you something about the way the world works, teach you something about another field you may not realize that you're very interested in. For instance, I have a very good friend who has always been very interested in fostering the lives of young children, being a good influence in um in a classroom or after-school setting or whatever you want to put it in the schools, and daycare, whatever, whatever, whatever word you want to use, but it's to help uh, children at a young age grow. And while that's not the "quote unquote" number one priority of her immediate life, that job right there can pay the bills while she works on, uh, you know, performing entertainment, whatever, you know, what have you. But at the mean, in the meantime, she's gaining identity capital because she's first of all doing something that she loves to do, which is work with children, as opposed to serving coffee at a you know small boutique coffee restaurant. And in the meantime, she's gaining identity capital by, first of all, working with kids, which is something she loves to do. She's learning things about herself, and she's helping other people in such a beneficial way because that's something she actually wants to do. And that can grow identity capital before you get to the you know dream job of the job you want. And it was a very interesting point in this book, The Defining Decade, where this author talks about taking a few different jobs that had nothing to do necessarily with the college degree. Again, complete. I'm completely paraphrasing this, has nothing to do with the college degree, ends up driving kids in the mountains of the U.S. for hikers, bringing them food and whatnot and meeting very interesting business executives just because she's driving this van. But she's helping people. She feels a, a sense of contrib- contribution to the world. And it's also not going right into grad school or trying to get that temp job at that doctor's office or whatever, wherever she wants to work initially. And as a result, through those contacts and that life path, which really couldn't have, you couldn't have made that up or planned that she gets to where she wants to be as a result of meeting these people in these like little random jobs that you wouldn't necessarily think would get you to where you want to go. And because she was actually growing identity capital by doing something that she has a great interest in, it worked out for her in the end which is more to say than like you know if you're a writer of screenplays and you're working at a coffee shop and steven spielberg walks through to order an americano from you he's not going to be looking at you as a oh that's you know what are you working at like you're now um, you're now good at coffee you know but if you if you're a screenplay writer and you're working you know on the backlot or you're the assistant to the director of photography or you're one of those people then you're considered to be more in that plane of uh, that entertainment world, and those—that's like another example that came to mind when I was reading this book. Now, working my way back to the goals, in particular, the ones you write down and you want to accomplish in this new year, have a good reason. Have a really good reason for wanting to accomplish each and every one of those goals, and be—and I say that because a good reason helps you stay on track when you begin to fall off track. When there's something you're working on, and a day comes and you're just like, "Oh no, I, it's not happening. It's not working. I don't want to do it today. I'm not interested." No, no, no. You can always go back to that initial reason, and it can prime the pump in your mind of, "Oh my goodness, this this is incredibly important, and this is why I need to keep keep working towards it." So, an example, for instance, would be. You know, I want to write a book because I want to become a published author and become famous and have a New York best, New York Times bestseller book and make a lot of money. That's a reason. It's not terrible reason. I mean, that New York Times bestseller number one is great, but it's still not, that's not going to keep you going when you get to page five of chapter one and you're like, I have nothing else to say about, you know, whatever type. Puppies, or whatever you're writing about. But if you start to think, okay, I want to write this book because I have an immense love for canines and I can see what a dog can do to a human's life and how it can make it so much better and it can save lives in more ways than one. You know, seeing eye dogs or police dogs or, or the post traumatic stress disorder dogs that are there to keep keep you comfort and bring you happiness and if you're operating from there because you want to you know elevate the world through the love of puppies and as a result writing this book and having it on the New York Times you know best selling list and being number 1 on that list is Going to elevate your knowledge of these animals because it can help all different parts of the world and make it a better place and add you know as general a real great sense of contribution to the world. That's a good reason to write the book. Now I don't know enough about dogs to do any of that. I love them, but that is a good that's a good reason to get down to writing that book and making it the best it can be so it can you know make money et cetera et cetera because the your. Purpose, your reason for being is so undeniably strong that how could you not write it? You would be doing yourself a disservice and the world a disservice. If you really think the world would be better off with something you're creating and you stop creating it or don't create it, you're cheating the world. You're cheating yourself. And that sounds like a, that sounds, you know, very heavy. But when you think about it, it's true because if there's something you really want to add, you know, some value you really want to add, something you want to make the world a better place, something that you're creating you want to make the world a better place with it. If you don't do it, you're going to be it's going to be such a great disservice to everyone around you, your friends and your family, and that shouldn't like disempower you. That shouldn't make you weak. That should light a fire under your butt to see it through to the very end even with all the obstacles. Loving the pain and getting your book to that New York Times number one (laughs) bestselling list because of that great reason. And I hope that example, I came up with that one on the spot, so I hope that one actually makes a whole lot of sense um, in terms of having a reason behind each of your goals because when you have a really great reason, nothing, nobody can stop you. Now along with accomplishing all of these wonderful things, It's very, very important to schedule uh, joy into your life, to take the time for yourself. Have at least least one day a week, maybe two, where you honestly take time for yourself. And it doesn't have to be about these goals. It doesn't have to. And everyone works, and this is a very interesting thing, because everyone works differently. I was not taking a day for myself, and I realized, oh my goodness, I really need to at least schedule some sort of, like, personal me time in there with friends and maybe not talk about the stuff I'm working on because that started to get a little overwhelming. For instance, though, it's in my knowledge based on the curation of social media of you know Gary Vaynerchuk that he, he takes no time off and he absolutely loves that because, and look him up at Gary V, really powerhouse of a human, is that he doesn't take a day off. There's no days off. And that feeds him more. And it's possible that I might get to a certain point in my life with the stuff I'm working on where it shifts and turns into that. But it's always finding out what works for you at this moment in your life. So in 2019, if you know you can go hard the entire year, do it. If you know you need a day off every week, just downtime, then take it. But on those six other days of the week, don't take downtime. I mean, you can take it, you know, in the evening and start your day the way you want to start it, you know, exercise and whichever thing you're doing, but don't fall into the trap of Netflix, Instagram, Facebooking, Twittering when you know you're going to have that, you know, on Sunday because you can spend all day Sunday doing that. And again, it takes it takes discipline, but that can also help increase your output because then you might realize, oh, wow, I can only go that hard five days a week. So I'll take Saturday and Sunday. Or Monday or Tuesday, depending on what sort of work that you're in, and then you can take those two days. And it's funny because after a few hours of doing that, you it's like, oh, I kind of want to get back to work. (laughs) It starts to get a little like, ah, you know. And that's me. And it would be different for you. So I think there's that's a very open ended situation because you're going to have to test and fail, and that's the best way to grow. Enjoy those failures because the failures are they're incredibly important. They teach you what doesn't what don't work, what doesn't work, and learning from what doesn't work teaches you more about what does work, and a failure only turns you into a moron if you repeat it twice. (laughs) But if you get it once, that's great. Take it, get excited about it, and readjust, reevaluate, and head in a new direction towards that same goal because that's that's the whole beginning of this conversation. That you have a power within you that is superior to any condition or circumstance you may encounter en route to your goal. I hope this episode has been very helpful. If you have any follow-up questions or anything you want to talk about, at entertainmentxpodcast at gmail.com. I don't know why I said at first. entertainmentxpodcast at gmail.com. Feel free to email me, and I'd love to talk to you about it more. Have a very happy, healthy 2021. Happy New Year.